the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What's our name? Welcome to the New Gen Mission Podcast. I'm Connection. I'm Tim Slomka. I'm JP. Thanks for joining us again. As always, we're on the journey to relive the new generation era to find the best and the worst of the time period often forgotten. Brendan Shaw at Survivor Series 92 to Brendan Shaw at Survivor Series 97. Look beyond just the pay-per-views, examine the weekly TV, see what worked, what could have worked, and what failed. How's it going today, JP? Pretty good, man. Just caught this uh, House of the Dragon. I don't know how... Um... I put it in a group chat. I don't know how I'm supposed to talk about wrestling after watching that. I, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I've seen three minutes of Game of Thrones, and then uh, from all the negative feedback, it doesn't sound good. So, oh, uh, it was, I will not be it checking was it out. Good, but it was very uh, intense. I'll put it that way. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like for, like I think a lot of people are gonna be grossed out and turned off. It, it was intense. Like, uh, Too I much. couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so okay. yeah, I just never got anything, in, but no, it's okay. I never got into it, and uh, I just never could get into it. And then I just thought it was too nerdy. I mean, I'm a guy who does a wrestling podcast, <laughs> so like, yeah. nerd's my middle name. But like, I was just like, this stuff is too nerdy. So I uh, I struggled yeah. like kind of jumping onto it. But yeah, I thought uh, that too. But then you know, it got pretty like storytelling. Like like I don't know. It kind of drifted away from the nerdy stuff. Like once the second season came and. It just got really good, but yeah, it um, it, it's intense. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. It's very, very intense if you're not, if you're kind of squeamish, you know. So okay, got it's it. Yeah, I will, I, will, I will not check it out, but I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people on here that will. And maybe this one, like, just I think it's with like all shows. Like I was like the biggest Lost fan, and like no one would jump on the bandwagon, right? It's like, you just like gravitate right. to some shows and like, you can't convince other people around it. It's just like, it is yep. part of you. So yeah, I've never, I've never seen one episode of Lost. So uh, uh, yeah. see, I'm, I'm judging you. I'm judging you right now. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. So we move on to some, uh, some 93 wrestling and some kind of crazy time, time period, uh, that's going to happen in these, uh, two episodes. Well, I guess four episodes, but two weeks. Right. Definitely. All right, let's jump on. So we're we're uh, nine twenty uh, raw. We're gonna start with so back to our normal raw superstars, raw superstars. Uh, this was a back half of the taping uh, from the hand center. So there was the nine thirteen taping that we did last time. Then the Quebecers versus Rick and Scott, uh, and now we're gonna do the back half of this. So they start off the match with uh, Scott and Pierre fighting, which is I, I I think laughable that they made Pierre the bigger guy fight twice in the same nights. Like right. it's crazy. So. They uh, at the end of the last show they talked about how that uh, if the Steiners won a one-on-one match they would get a return title match. So now they got Scott Steiner versus Pierre uh, kind of in a big match. They kind of have Jock come out and Rick throughout the match. So kind of really teasing throughout the match, um, you know that um, really teasing throughout the match that either of them get involved. The match is pretty good. Pierre's a good bumper. Scott can't do probably the same things he can do with jobbers, right? He can't toss him around. He's just a little bigger guy. But mm-hmm. they, they kind of had, like, they kept it interesting the whole time with, with Rick trying to jump in, Johnny Polo trying to jump in, Jock kind of jump in. But then at the end, the match just comes on a disgusting Frankenstein that Scott hits on Pierre because easily he's just too much weight and can't get him over and probably a broken neck. But it's it's weird kind of lean, wins on a clean one, two, three, and there was kind mm-hmm. of no shenanigans from Jock or, 
or Johnny Polo just kind of ends the match. So really kind of weird. I thought the outside was fun. Rick, Rick Force grabs those, kept grabbing the chair, but it's the old school chair, like not an actual wrestling, you know, folding chair. Right, right. right. I used the, the, the hockey stick involved in the match. So it was pretty, you know, fun match. They kept it interesting, but kind of the ending just kind of came out of nowhere and kind of, especially where we lead next is kind of, kind of bland, right? Just Snyder's win. You think they're getting a tighter shot. That's kind of it. So I don't know what you had to add to that match. Well, so like this, and I might be overthinking this way too much, but this is like very convoluted. And I wonder if they chopped this up in the taping, like in reverse order, because on the last raw we saw when they, when they lost the belts in that match, Scott's wearing like the pink, like weird tights. Okay. Then he comes out at the end of the night with the Michigan tights on, like all sweaty. And now he's having this match with the Michigan tights on again. So I'm wondering if they worked both of those matches, like just offhand, and then worked it into like, oh, the rematch is going to be for a title shot. Oh yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of weird, like how they, like I think the last Raw had part of what was taped on this Raw or, or something. I don't know. It's just kind of weird how he's wearing like the the Michigan tights in this match, and he was at the end of the last Raw in those tights. Yeah. Um and then That's also like, that... in this match, yeah, right. go ahead. I was just say Peter didn't look say, that sweaty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe they, sweaty. Right, and, and, and Scott also hits a pile driver in this match, which doesn't warrant a disqualification, which like they stopped him from doing in the other match, which is kind of weird. Uh, and the Frankensteiner was sick. Like I thought, you know, like to, for these of you like two jacked up guys who are both pretty athletic, I thought this was like a a solid match. Like it slowed down a little bit, but like the like you said, the outside stuff kind of kept it moving and kept you interested. So. Um, the Steiners get the rematch, uh, I guess. I guess we'll see. Right. Um, you know, they're supposed to in anyways, but, um, that's another thing that we're going to see a little later on that, that leads me to believe that this was kind of chopped up out of order, maybe. But, um, yeah, it's a fun, fun little match and, and a good way to kick off the show. Like, like that, that's the, been the constant we've seen with Raw so far. Like, um, is that you don't know what's going to start the show. You don't know, you know, if, if the most important thing is going to be the very first match, the main event in the middle. And, and, I, and I like that because it keeps it, you know, you don't know what to expect. So kind of keeps that moving and doesn't make it monotonous, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree on that. Um, it's definitely, they definitely, done, we've talked about this before, like episodic type thing. Right. So it's kind of, that kind of kept it. This is definitely episodic with like the, the hockey stick being involved again, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. hey, that was the big thing in this match. So, um, it was definitely uh, good on that. And, and I don't know about you, but, like, as a fan, I'm, I'd am i much rather watch lower quality maybe in-ring wrestling but an episodic nature of the show than, like, maybe more current-day stuff where every match is three and a half stars or whatever, but there's no, like, story to anything. You know what I mean? It doesn't – yeah. Like, if every match is that match is, is that good, it's, are they really that good? You know? Like, right. it just doesn't stand out. So I'm, I'm like, in the groove like, we're in right now. Agreed, especially on these guys. It just I think the back half of this takes just a weird turn. Right. And then um, from there, we get uh, Bam Bam versus Jobber. Um, this is kind of cool because the Jobber gets some offense in on Bam Bam early. Um, maybe a sign of things that come with a couple other matches. But, like, usually these squashes are kind of, you know, just, you know, I'll flatten the guy for a couple minutes. But yep. um, Bam Bam gave the Jobber some offense, and Bam Bam is so athletic and gifted that, um, you know, him giving that to somebody kind of made him, was a cool little gesture there. But uh, the real like this this match was really like a backdrop to uh, 
Fresh calling in again. Um, he ignores Savage, like just goes completely silent when Savage starts talking, and then he uh, answers Vince when he starts talking and says he'll never speak to Savage again. So, like, there's this, like, real tension there, and Savage is kind of, like, you know, flipping out, like, he don't know what the hell's going on, and <laughs> nobody really does. So, you know, it's, so it's, like, he's just kind of weird, uh, just kind of, like, weirded out by it, and, and you don't really expect, like, this from Crush either. So, um, interesting stuff, and I'm always, like I've said, I'm always a, a sucker for, like, the phone call segments. I, I always think that's a cool touch, how they do that. Um and then actually in the end, can, the, can I just yeah, add yeah, a, I just love, I love these phone segments. I think they're great. I think Me the uh, I think the crush uh, at first thing because they've been saying the call keeps dropping, and so he kind of does it the first time, and then Vince kind of says, "Can you not hear Macho?" And then he kind of goes off, and then afterwards, just the Macho Man, like his overacting in the Macho Man voice the whole time is just so funny. Like he just gives it his most like. Macho Man, like, if he's trying to do an Im- imitation of what Macho Man would sound out, like, that's what he's <laughs> right, right. His friendship with Crush, like, I'm not going to do the impersonation, but, like, yeah. I think his after is so funny because it just sounds, like, not natural at all. He's, like, trying to do a persona versus actually being things. So I I loved it. And and it makes it hard to get sympathy for Macho Man when he's using that voice in, right. the, in the, like, uh, aspect of, I don't know what, you know, what was me, but you're using that voice, like, it's almost comical, but... Um, yeah. cool segment, and I like the I like the like progression of like we're involving Macho Man in something like this. Um, you know, he's a major figure, so to go against him is is important. Yeah. It's a good catalyst yeah, for Crush. Have we seen him wrestle like at all? Really? Uh, like, we saw him in the Rumble. Rumble. We saw him get like doink once with the Macho Midget, but like that's kind of been it, right? Like yeah. he's kind of had like six nine months off, so yeah. Well, he punched good. Hogan in the face before twenty <laughs> nine. So, yeah, yeah, that's so, yeah, yeah that's true. It's good to get him around, back around. So, right. So yeah, cool stuff. Cool stuff with Crush. It's 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 an injection he needed, I think. You know, he's getting a little bland character wise, but he was still over as a babyface. But still, it, it was it made sense um, with Luger coming aboard as a babyface. Um, and then and then back to the match, we get Luna attacking the jobber on the outside, which was awesome. Like I love her involvement. Um, as to the to the character package of those two together, and then there's like a weird edit, like it's like a suplex into like this like uh, backslash, like Bam Bam, like looks like he went for a suplex, and I don't know if they like, messed it up or something, and there's like a quick edit where he suplexes him, and then he just like fats all over him with this backslash hard as hell, <laughs> like he was pissed, like he's like I gave you offense early in this match, and this is what you do, and then just like squashes the hell out of him for the win. Like, now there's normal headbutt or nothing. It's like, get me the hell out of here, out of this match. Um, so, cool cool stuff. It looks stiff. Like, Bam Bam is... I'm loving Bam Bam lately. Like, he's one of the unsung heroes, kind of like how Doink was in his stretch. Like, I, I think everything he's been doing has been entertaining ever since he got Luna. So, um, fun little squash there. And with the backdrop, I thought it was a nice little segment there. I think you have to take the next thing. Yeah, so, and I'm then, sorry, well, yes, yeah, two two little things. So they recap the, the Doink and Heenan interaction, and Heenan's just saying he has a cold now for having that stuff uh, dumped on him. So um, apparently his immune system is shit because it's been a week now, supposedly. And, <laughs> and they're still, still not <laughs> getting over that. So. Right, right. So, so, I mean, that is what it is. And then we get uh, <clears throat> a Brett interview with Vince, which is cool to see, you know, 
Brett's still in the in the mix here. Um, they go over the SummerSlam match, which feels like it's long ago now. Like, like I don't know, it's kind of like in this era of WWF, I guess you're still like talking, you know, about like last month, almost a month and a half ago, pay per view. So, um, cool to keep this storyline going. Like, and you know, he's telling Brett like he's the the king of the WWF now, and then Brett's like, you know, he hasn't beaten anyone. Like who was Lawler right. beaten? But I mean, technically Lawler beat Brett, so you know, like uh, that doesn't really that doesn't really hold water there. But you know, uh, the, I like the and then he like he, they asked about his regrets and he says he regrets not holding the the sharpshooter longer on Lawler. So I like that he's like impassioned in this feud. Like it's he's he's keeping that like stigma of like he's really pissed off at Lawler, and you know we're gonna see this for three four years. So. This is like just the beginning of their their hatred, and I know we're gonna get a little bump in the road coming up soon. But um, just just the fact that like like Brett has credibility as a babyface of you know staying pissed off and Lawler keeping his heat that way, it's it's pretty cool to see that continue. You know? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I had the same note about that. It, he got a kind of big pop. That like the only thing he did wrong was keep should have kept him the sharpshooter longer. So I like that. Um, I, I like that. And okay, interview. I mean, that's kind of a weird spot. This is the second Raw after mm-hmm. SummerSlam, but it's been a month, right? Because of like their taping. So right. uh, it's good to see them because they've kind of done this like chicken and egg thing with, uh, you know, chicken and, uh, you know, them too scared of each other. Like the King and Lawler, like never around each other. And like even at Superstars, right? Lawler leaves every time Brett comes out for a match. So they, they've kind of been doing that. So, like, you know, I think it's adding to the storyline. Like they're not trying to let them interact with each other. Um, it just so it kind of I think it's definitely leading to something bigger that's going to come up. Mm-hmm. So I like it. Uh, then we go to Mr. Perfect match. This match is kind of uh, crazy from the crowd. There is a loud uh, "We want Sean" chant. They also have "Perfect Ch- Sucks" chant. We've seen this before, and definitely one of the front runners is Vladimir out there. So mm-hmm. I feel like he somehow has like something with Perfect or some inside like New York City thing because they they've. You know, they've got some things, but they're never, like, this mean, only to Perfect. So, like, there, there's something going on with Perfect and the New York City crowd that they kind of, you know, kind of change their reaction to. But nothing squash. Um, but, yeah, definitely something he gets gets picked on their skin. And then we get a, a Ludwig Borga interview. I love this one. It's also in Superstars, so yes. I don't know if you already have the notes. But he, just his accent, he, I just put love it in all caps, the filth, the pollution the corruption talks about how this river used to be a beautiful thing and now it's filled with your garbage just so awesome america sucks you know go finland love ludwig Borger right now um he does look like brock like a mini brock lester like yes. he just can't get past this like look but his voice is just so great and he's just the way he accents his accent on the words is just perfect like he just every sentence adds in like a hard syllable and it's and it's great so um the segment we'll see at least two times, but I thought A plus on this. I can't complain about this. I don't know if you have anything to add on there. Yeah, well, he, like he says, like you call it milk and honey, but down here it stinks funny. Like he's, <laughs> I never thought. Like you could have asked me a hundred questions about the new generation era. I never would have thought Ludwig Borga, the character, would be something I loved. Like oh, I, I never would have thought that. I you know, I loved it. Yeah, and I never really remembered him as a kid. Like he was gone before I was like full time into it. So. Um, it's just like it's so cool like like this this character like this anti-american character is like it hits at the perfect time you know 
it's kind of like what they wanted, like, uh, what was the Russian guy's name in, like, the late 2000s? Kozlov, maybe? Yeah. He, like, he was, like, a cheap imitation of Borga, kind of, like, where his character was, like, you know, the, like, the pronunciations and things like that, but Borga just nails it. He's just, I don't know, he, he, like, like, the things he says aren't necessarily wrong either, so that's what makes him, like, a good deal, is he makes you believe it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, all that's. Uh, let me can I grab the last match. Yeah. You, you really... Oh wait, there's one more thing before the last match. Oh okay. Do, I don't do you want me? To, do you want me? To... Yeah, I don't so, have a note on. Bobby Heenan goes to the crowd and oh, asks yeah, this, you're right. <laughs> and yeah, asks yeah. this <laughs> couple if they're in the. First, he asks. He goes to this couple, right? Like they're, they're a mixed uh, ethnicity couple, I guess you'll say, and he asks them straight up on TV if they're in the country legally. Uh, like, that's the first thing he says to them. And then the man, out of nowhere, proposes. Like, he gets down on his knees. And this lady, okay, so this is not my views. I'm just projecting what happened here. This lady was an Asian lady. And his line, Bobby Hina's line was, he's, <laughs> he said, you'll be hungry in about an hour after, afterwards. And I was like, holy shit. Because that's like the Chinese food. You know, yeah. uh, slur, like, if you eat it, you'll be hungry another hour. So he says that to the guy, and I'm like, I, I don't even know how many people got that when he said it, but the 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 way he just said it, like, so matter-of-fact, and the guy's sitting there in the middle of the guy's proposal, I don't know if it's real or not, but it's just, I don't know, it was hilarious, and, you know, Bobby just gives no fucks right now, so good stuff from him. Yeah, but yeah, not, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, holy crap. I did. I was time like lunch at work, and I was like, "Shoot, I gotta take notes on this," and I just forgot to do it, and I completely forgot about. It. But he, Bobby Heenan also during the commentary had been mentioning many times that he had a big wedding surprise coming up, mm-hmm. so he kind of hinted at it a little bit. But yeah, it was ridiculous. So, uh, great, great. Thanks for taking that note because I would have been disappointed if I missed that. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, we have we have IRS in a match, so uh, you know. You're kind of like ending the raw, and everyone's kind of like you know bland or IRS. Like the raw is ending, and he's playing PJ Walker. And right during the beginning of the match, it's a real quick match, only a minute long. Razor comes down, and of course, uh, as he does that, the refs try to get in his way. IRS gets uh, scooped up for a, a you know one two three victory, kind of making a little bit like it's the uh, one two three kid. Like he kind of created the upset, but this is more they kind of really play off the like this guy's a jobber in PJ Walker, right. and then. IRS only lost because he's distracted by Razor. So pretty good stuff uh, from that. Razor gets to the ring and dares IRS c- kind of come after him and, and fight him, uh, you know, after the match. But pretty good pretty good stuff. Uh, I, I thought this actually happened earlier, so I kind of, like, th- already thought IRS had lost a match like this. So I kind of missed mm-hmm. – I was actually watching it. I was like, oh, crap, he lost. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to kind of see that because I knew this happened somewhere along the line, but I thought it was uh, way earlier. So – Definitely caught me off guard when I when I saw him lose. So I don't have anything to add. Is they they kind of ran off that. Yeah, it's it's a cool segment, and, and it's and PJ Walker was definitely looking very uh, Jerry Seinfeld in this match. Like he <laughs> like he was definitely a doppelganger. But um, what I what I think they're doing is and, and this could another be another reach, but is since the feud has shifted from Razor DiBiase's to with DiBiase leaving to Razor IRS, yep. they're kind of replaying what happened with DiBiase and Kid. Like yeah, also being distracted. They're doing that to IRS now to kind of reset that um, feud and kind of just start all over with those two. So yeah, because um, it was definitely a good it was a good angle, right? They had with that. I think they mm-hmm. just like 
shoot, we don't have something right away to come up with, so let's let's just go off that. Like, that right. is a hot angle, so let's just re, kind of reuse it. And, and Razor drew a lot of attention, like, when he came out, like, from the crowd, too. So I think it was pretty well done how they kind of, you know, he comes out and he kind of gets the spotlight. Even the crowd's kind of, like, you know, all looking at him. So it would make sense for it to be a distraction. So I, I like how they did it. Uh, but I, I don't have anything else. It's kind of wrapped up. Bobby was still faking the uh, coughing. Actually, Vince then it was it Vince or Macho? One of them coughs too as well. And they're like, "Oh, I hope I didn't catch what you got." So playing off the doink water thing to kind of finish. I don't know if you had anything on the ending. Yeah, and then they they talk with the Quebecers at the end, and now the Quebecers oh, are saying yeah. they're they're not going to give the Steiners a shot. So uh, very convoluted. Like I, I like what yeah. they've been doing with the Steiners and the Quebecers, but. It really just did not make any sense how they yeah. went through all of this and now all of a sudden they're – so that's what makes me feel like they chopped it up because now, like, you know, with the suspension, the suspension obviously happened afterwards. And right. they're saying, you know, like they said they're going to give him a title shot and they're like, oh, crap, we got to suspend them. We can't give him a title yep. shot now. So let me just – we just did this match for nothing pretty much, you know, so. Yep. Agreed. Move on to Superstars. Yes, sir. Uh, you want to start off? Yeah, so this Superstars is on uh, September 25th, and we uh, we recap with the um, sorry we recap with the Sean and One Two Three Kid confrontation from last week. Yeah, um, and they catch like perfect walking in the building with shades on, saying he'll be like in Kid's corner if anything happens. So now they're saying like Mr. Perfect has One Two Three Kids back um, against Diesel and Sean, which I think was kind of already implied because. He came to a save before that. Um, and then from there, we get Adam Bomb versus Jobber. You know, same old shit with him, pretty much. Like, yep. Johnny Polo's the highlight here. Like, Johnny Polo feels like he's too big for Adam Bomb now. Like, he's got, like, the, <laughs> the tag chance. The tag bites, yep. Yeah, and, he, and his character, like, his goofiness fits so much better with the Quebecers than it does with Adam Bomb. So, uh, I know we get a shift sooner or later, but I'm, I'm kind of hoping that comes sooner. Because um, I'm just not liking the fit right now. Adam Bob has been kind of bland. It really sucks of a guy like that. I remember loving that. It's just been, you know, same old thing every time he comes out. So, um, and then I'll just go through this face to face as well. Like this, uh, the, like they have a face to face with IRS and this Joe Fowler guy. This Joe Fowler sucks so bad. Like he is not meant for this spot, especially like. I know they say, like, the guy that follows the guy always is in a bad spot following me and Gene, but they could have done better than this. Um, IRS is in, like, the – like, IRS is running down Razor. I think IRS has been pretty good, like, in this feud. Like, like you know, he's, like, the antithesis of what Razor is. Like, Razor's cool, and he's, like, you know, the baby face that guys want to cheer for, and IRS is, like, this bland, you know, like, nerd kind of asshole guy, um, which I like. I like that that's the – the mix here in this feud. So IRS is playing his role. Perfect. Um, then they got like Bam Bam coming on here and he's on, he's been on fire with Luna. Um, he tells, he does a, uh, this is well before the rock did it. He's like asks him a question and says, it doesn't matter. Like cuts him off with it. Like rock used to do, which I thought was kind of cool. Like uh, this is, you know, probably five years before the rock started doing it. Um, so good stuff there. Just some good character work overall between IRS and Bam Bam with these, Face to faces, despite uh, Fowler being trash. I don't know if you had anything right, to add th- to that. No, I had nothing to add. Fowler is okay. trash. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I I agree with you on that. I actually can't believe he's around at all. Right. Uh, we get a quick 
we get quick razor squash, and then we get the highlights. And this is where actually I had my notes about uh, they show the same clip they had before about uh, Johnny Polo and the signers kind of saying, nope, we're not going to give him a title shot uh, because this is so many other great tag teams. They got men on the mission, the head shrinkers, the bushwhackers they bring up, what your boys well done. Oh, man. Um, and so they kind of just bring that, hey, you know, we, we got to find out who the real deserving team is. You can't just walk up here and ask for a title shot. So definitely some intrigue there. And they do say that there will be a title shot, a title match for Raw next week. So that's the big uh, stipulation. They say there will be a title match. So mm-hmm. um, kind of hooks you in a little bit. But as you're mentioning the Bushwhackers, like I don't know how much ratings that's going to bring you. Right. Uh, and let me get my boy Bastion Booker then. Uh, I just have his, his entrance music is – is amazing. Like it's so annoying and so gross. It's like farting and right. just keeps saying I'm a bigger man. Uh, he looks <laughs> disgusting and Vince just likes picking on him. He just says, Oh, look how gross he is. Uh, he does this, you know, is this, is splash. He just looks gross. Um, he's clearly there just to make, to have Vince make fun of him for being fat and nothing else. I don't know if you have anything to add. Um, well, he does, like, he does this little, like, he does this little, like Rene Dupree dancing kind of thing at the end too. I thought was kind of funny. Like he kind of like hops on one leg, like back to the other. Um, oh, okay. Wins. So yeah, he's definitely trying to be a little weird and different. But yeah, he's he's definitely there for Vince's amusement. Yeah, Vince loves it. Mm-hmm. Go to your next thing. Yeah. So then we get a uh, a squash match with one two three kid and a jobber, and we get uh, Perfect coming out with Kid now. So he's kind of like showing that he's going to be in his in his corner. Um, kid's on fire in this match. Like he is ramped up and. Like every time he's on the screen, he's a breath of fresh air because he's just so much faster and innovative than you know ninety percent of the roster right now. Um, and I also like that he wins in like multiple different ways. Like it's, it's not like a set finisher really. Like in this match, he wins like with a a mighty straw cradle. So it's something you're not really seeing from guys in the WWF right now. Like he's kind of bringing that like Japanese like kind of nineties indies influence into the company. So um, good stuff here from Kid. And then just the, the next one, real quick, we get Tatanka versus uh, Barry Horowitz in a simple squash match. Not really feeling Tatanka as much on, like, with the one-on-ones. I, I like him better in tags lately. So this is kind of, you know, just your run-in-the-mill squash with Tatanka here. Nothing really exciting there. Uh, yeah. And then uh, one thing I had in there was Barry, Hor- Barry Horowitz, and Barry Horowitz always gets an upset. Uh it's interesting they kind of have Barry here, but they don't really bring him up much because right. considering what happens on Raw, I thought they would, like, leave. I actually watched these kind of out of order. So it's kind of mm-hmm. weird that I was like, they really didn't say anything about that. It's kind of, I think they would have been better off doing something like that. Like, here, here's a guy that's really been close and beating people. You know, they could have really played that up. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's kind of nothing. But it's kind of weird, that, like, on a face, like, you almost have him kind of, you got, like, a really close three count, which is kind of unusual for a just straight-up squash. Right. Uh, and then they did have that Ludwig Borga in there, and I did miss this one line where he said that um, th- he took him to a spot the Lex Express wouldn't show them or wouldn't go. So I love that. I love that line, uh, you know, just kind of saying, hey, this is the real America, not right, right. Lex Express. So love that he's also getting a jab in on, uh, on Lex as well. Um, then while they're in the Tataka match, also mentioned that uh, he's going to have Doink on the, on the wrestling challenge on the King's Court. So he says this is a big – Got a big guest. His court gesture is going to be on Wrestling Challenge. And there's also some joke by the King. And Macho Man literally 
is about to say something, and, and Vince says, like, don't go there. And they both kind of agree. So I actually didn't want to go back to the joke to the to what King said, but it was kind of funny that they both agreed, like, King said something wrong. Um, the only thing I didn't like about the one, two, three kid perfect match, I, I agree, kid's been awesome, right? We've loved him so far. Right. Is nothing happened with Sean and Diesel. It was just, like, pointless and and kind of, uh, you know, like, useless. Like, mm-hmm. this is the big angle they were bringing up at the start of the show, and just kind of nothing happens. Like, in a Superstars that doesn't really have anything happen, like, it really should have used the Sean or Diesel run. Like, I was really kind of disappointed in that. Uh, because that was, like, the, the angle they opened up with. So if you're a kid and, like, watching this, you're like, what the hell was that? That was just, like, a normal match. Yeah, it's like it's almost like guaranteed that that's going to happen, or at least like right, you know, on the Titan Tron, at least some or on the something, right, team, something like that. Yeah, just nothing happened. So they have another face to face, and this is uh, it's just so weird that they have face to face with one, two, three kid and Sean. Then like after that, and this is you know we're going to talk about a raw, but Sean's suspended, so it's weird. Like they didn't like cut any of this stuff out. Like right, right. Them, like hey, we're going to fight on the house shows, you know, like we're we're going after each other, and yet. Like within two days or a day, if you watch, if this is on Sunday, like Sean's out of the company. So really weird. They kind of kept that in. Uh, then we get, then we get. I don't know if you had anything to add on any of that. No, no. Yep. And then we got uh, smoking guns coming out the last match, kind of bland, you know, victory. Uh, there was a girl that was kind of attractive, and Macho definitely got distracted by her. <laughs> he just started spinning game again. So uh, I definitely laughed at that when he like they panned on her. And Macho was like, "Ooh, yeah." So. Right. I was, yeah. he's, he's the still creep. So, um, kind of a really bland superstars. I thought could have really used something between Sean and perfect and one, two, three, and diesel. Like I thought that was kind of a letdown besides that, a bunch of just squash matches. Yeah. And there, there is one more thing to end this show. That's oh. kind of like a, a highlight that, that might be like a little bit of a saving grace here is the, the Yoko Zuna interview at the end with, um, Cornette. So Cornette's got like his hot pink pants on. Oh yeah. Um, just mentioning that Luger's not going to get a rematch, and there is no competition for Yoko in the WWF. And all of a sudden, um, the lights go out, and here comes the Undertaker. Which to me, like Yoko hasn't been that great of a champion. Like he hasn't really like served his purpose. Um, to me, it's like been more of Cornette's kind of been the the highlight. But yep. for some reason, this made Undertaker feel a lot bigger than he has since we've started this. Like. This makes Undertaker feel main event ready and kind of big time now. So um, Taker tells him, like, meet me in the dark side. And I thought that was an awesome line. Just keep it short and simple. Um, so now, like, you know, you have this Yoko-Taker feud kind of brewing. Um, yeah. He kind of, like, steps up to be a challenger. I was shocked this stuff is coming up because I would have thought, like, it was still Luger-Yoko. And I guess, right. like, I didn't know who you go Like, even when you start talking, like, it's like, who's Yoko going to fight? Like, there's just no one left for him. And it's kind of cool with Taker, but I just didn't think this came this soon. So, um, definitely, well, yeah, definitely it liked seems, it. It seems like Borga and Luger has been the quick transition, which right. is also kind of weird that, like, you know, you build Luger up for this much to give him that match, and then that's it. But then immediately, it, like, yeah. He, and he won. He technically won still. <laughs> so, it's not like, you know, he lost clean, and now you can push him aside, like, he technically won the match, so yeah, it's 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 weird how they're kind of just toying with um, the main event scene right now. Yep, agreed. Uh, oh my God. So next next we're at a live Raw nine twenty seven uh, uh, out of New Haven, Connecticut. 
I, for some reason, think Scott Crisco is at this one. I feel like for my way back history lesson, I feel like he's at this taping, but it could be wrong. But that's his hometown. So right. I feel like for some reason, some place to be mentioned he was at this. But we'll see. So we start off with um, an announcement from our buddy Jack Tunney saying that Shawn Michaels has been suspended for not for not uh, defending the title enough, which is just weird because he was just on face-to-face 10 minutes right. before that. Uh, and basically said there's going to be a 20 man over the top uh, rope battle royal to determine the last two uh, participants in that battle royal will then fit, fight each other for the title. So kind of weird. They've never kind of done something with it. It's kind of a cool idea. And I think when we get to the match, because uh, I've watched this one ahead already, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of a cool idea of it. Um, so I kind of like the difference of it. Just like no tournament, like we're going to find a new champion right away. Uh, so I kind of like the the quickness of it. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you think to add on that. Yeah, this, I mean, this battle Royal is pretty popular. Like it's, it's on like the raw set. It's, you know, it's mentioned it. Um, It's a catalyst for somebody, you know, soon. So yeah. I think it's good stuff. It's kind of weird that Sean's like suspended, you know, out of nowhere that, you know, right when he was getting his sweet spot with diesel. Um, and now Diesel's also kind of like left alone, like, you know, I don't know if he's really ready for that right now. Like, I think he needed more seasoning as being the bodyguard, but, you know, or at least work some tag matches with Sean. But, you know, he's kind of left on his own right now, so we'll see how that goes. And then yep, um, okay, from, yeah, there, from there, we're going to get uh, Tatanka versus Rick Martel, like, out of nowhere. Like, I yep. don't know who else they're hiding back there, like, in the back. Like, <laughs> like these guys just pop up. We're going to get another one, too. Um, but these guys just like oh, pop yeah. out of nowhere, and it's like Martel's probably been with the company for a while and just hasn't been on TV. It's just so weird that um, these guys just pop out of nowhere and they act like they've been around, like they don't say anything. Like to last week, your boy Demento, like last week, like all things right. match, like how did that happen? Like, yeah, it's right. definitely weird. And, and, weird was, and I noticed that Rick Martel's theme, like is Val Venus's theme, just a little slower. I didn't know, I didn't, I never knew that before. So, but like listening to it now, it's definitely. Valvinus's theme is just a little sped up version of his theme, so and they kind of both play like the ladies' main character, so that was kind of cool. Um, I thought this was this match was fun to start. Like I thought, like Martel really is giving you know Tatanka a guy to get fired up with. So um, really loving how this like you know Martel's like getting me right back into his character, even though we we haven't seen him. Just you know it's like he never left from before. Um, but Martel does hit like a like a five on the rotunda scale of sweat. Like he's he's oh, pouring, pouring sweat in this match, and uh, it gets Tatanka with like a great fire up. Like it, he's a guy that like brings it out in Tatanka where he's you know um, firing on all cylinders. So Martel like tosses Tatanka over the top rope in this match too. So I think that's kind of like a prelude of what's to come in the battle royal. Um, and then they I finally hit that, yep. like a, they finally hit like a double count out too. So fun little match here. Um, nothing, you know, not like a five-star match or anything, just two good workers having a pretty fun, solid match. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, actually my second note is so sweaty. Um, it, it, it's weird that they have Martel at the bottle kind of come back and be this strong. Um, but my next comment is like, I'm guessing they needed to bring up like another guy that could be on Sean's level right? Like a, a heel that level. So that's why he's kind of probably getting like a super push because it's weird to talk. They've been talking about being undefeated and yet he's going to lose this match. So, or I guess, I guess it's raw, but it's kind of weird in his comeback. He's kind of made it, but they, 
I don't think they mentioned like models came back. Like they just pretended like he's been here the whole time. Like, Oh, great guy. Like, I don't know where models been, but like they didn't make a mention of like always oh, making a return compared to the other guy, uh, later in the night. But yeah, fun little match. Um, Though a little, again, it's kind of hard, like, we haven't seen the bottle in a while, and it's, like, shocking they've been building up to Tonka that he kind of stuck with them. But these two guys work well together, and um, kind of weird ending, but kind of, like, I, that's a good point, that they kind of build up to that battle royal, probably, like, with throwing over the top rope. Um, it's like, hey, I can take you out, so good stuff. Then we get Joe Fowler, your boy, again, uh, announcing the 20... 20- Man, like, his excitement for some of these guys is terrible, but I'll, I'll just read you the names. IRS, Macho, Bomb, John Gonzalez, Mr. Perfect, Owen Hart, The Model, Jimmy Snuka, the Bob Backlund, the Quebecers, Razor Ramon, Babel, Diesel, MVP, like, what the hell? MVP, one, two, three, kid, bam, bam. Uh, and then he immediately says that it's a who's who of, it's a who's who, then, then announces Marty Gennetti. So, uh, you know, maybe not the right place to put that in. And Tatanka and, ba- and Bastion Booger. So that's the 20 guys they announced. Uh, Joe Fowler, again, is garbage. Uh, he, he just, he's like almost mocking these guys. He's announcing some of them like, oh, Mabel. Like, uh, I just feel like he doesn't know how to do it. So he has no credibility. So, uh, but the big announcement of like, hey, tune in next week is going to be a big match. So kind of weird if you're kind of watching this raw, like it, this one's the live one that you're kind of not getting as much like, you know, awesome stuff in it. Um, that you got to wait for next week, a taped one to get the battle Royal, but obviously they don't tell you that, but it's kind of weird. They don't have that, the live one. Well, it's like, you know, and like who, who the hell is MVP? Like I, I, I know, know who he is like looking back at right, it, yeah. but like they don't say anything about it. And then like, no. Snooker comes back and all this, like he hasn't even had his match yet on, on TV yet. And he's already announced for this battle Royal. Like, yeah, very, like, very the, weird. Yeah, like how the Quebecers in it, but other tag teams are. Like, yeah, just very, very, very weird. Uh, I, know, I know they were up against the gun, right, with Sean kind of being suspended. And, like, they obviously wanted to get the title on someone for, I assume, house shows, right? Like, not to have a – Right. Like, back later in the days, right, they would do, like, a long – you know, I know they're talking about a war zone. Like, the intercon- when, you know, Stone Cold has to give up his title, right? They, like, do a long tournament and stuff, right, uh, or whoever, you know, like – or. Uh, whenever they give up titles, right, or is Ahmed. Ahmed gives up titles, right? They got to do, like, you know, tournaments and stuff like that. I get that. They can build up for here. I'm guessing they just wanted the title on someone, so that when they went to house shows, they had, like, the big marquee on there. So, but mm-hmm. agreed that they get, they're really struggling with guys. It really shows you how, like, the, the back half of the roster is pretty weak. Like, they have the upper guys, but this middle, the middle of the roster is pretty light. Yeah, definitely. And then we get uh, Ludwig Borg out for a match at Borgamania. He goes by the crowd, and he actually starts getting a huge pop. So he's definitely like, getting over as, like, a, a beat-down physical guy. Uh, standard squash match uh, there. And then we get the return of Jimmy Snuka. I put it in my notes. I don't know if we're allowed to cheer here or not. Uh, it's a random return <laughs> match. Uh, a random return. They, they make no mention of it before. They kind of make a mention at the beginning of it, but – uh, I thought he got like no reaction. Um, uh, like I, I, you know, probably cause no one knew he was coming, but I thought like he like a, a kind of a legend. He would have got like a bigger pop, but he really was kind of silent for it. Um, and, uh, he, I actually put that he looks kind of old here. And they also mentioned in his match, Vince says this is a one time only appearance, which is a flat out. <laughs> right. He's 10 right. Ago, they just mentioned him. So exactly. Uh, nothing, nothing match here. Uh, they do have the cr- another crush Macho Man segment where 
Bobby's really stirring the pot here. I thought Bobby was A plus on his game. Of awesome. just kind of, oh, didn't 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 you do that? Didn't you wait? Didn't you say that? Like yep. just kind of chilling in, really good. Uh, and the crowd does get fired up when Stuka goes to the top rope. Like everyone kind of knows that. I think it was more just like shock of like Stuka coming back that the crowd was kind of dead for. But definitely we got out the top rope slash. The crowd came up. I don't know if you had anything to add yeah. on those. Those two matches. Yeah, I think that the, the snooker match got the, the Borga match was, was cool. Like he even found a sign, like a, a little bit Borga sign in the crowd, and kind of pointed to it. So yeah, Borga, Borga is kind of over with the crowd, which I like. Um, the snooker match was like really slow at some points, but then like like I couldn't believe he was still doing the, the superfly splash, looking that old. Yeah. Um, but that that Heenan stuff was great. Like telling like Crush, you know, like Savage is in the battle royal. Why aren't Why aren't you in the battle oh, yeah, royal? Yeah. Like like egging it on, and Savage is like. That's a damn lie. Like, he had anything to do with it. Like, he even cusses on TV. So, pretty cool stuff getting Savage heated now. Like, you know, Savage is finally like, look, man, like, if you're not going to tell me what I did wrong, I've had enough of this crap. So, um, good good stuff between those two and, and good character working. Like, you know, like we've said, we're suckers for the phone call stuff. So, I'm loving that stuff. Um, after that match, we get IRS get, like, this random desk somewhere. Like, I don't I, – I, like, with the – there's, like, a – yeah, there's like a sign on the on the on the refrigerator. So like, I wonder if this is like the actual catering back in the day of uh, of Raw. Like they used to say it was so terrible. Um, Vince calls him. Vince is talking to him and calls him Mr. Rotundo a couple times. Like I, I think Vince forgot who, what character he was, and he's like, wouldn't like wouldn't he be Mr. Scheister? So like, um, IRS is saying that you know Razor has an audit coming. Like he's got the people working in the background, and then now Vince calls him. Mr. Scheister. So, like, the the fact that he just calls them both in the segment and Vince being, like, the stickler that he is was, was kind of funny. Um, just, yeah, just a very – I actually liked this segment. I thought IRS was awesome in this segment. Like, like he's starting to grow on me, and I think it's, like, with, by proxy with Razor, and, like, he's on his own now. Um, you know, he can kind of, like, sink his teeth into something. But I don't know. It's just, like, the – the real bland, you know, straight, straight lace, like he's doing it well. Like maybe that really is him in real life, but he's still yeah. portraying it well. So, um, from there we get a, um, oh, did you have add, on that? Can, yeah. yeah, I, I want to add, cause, uh, you know, I, I do a little accounting here and there and that's not the way accountants work. I don't have two girls sitting <laughs> on my back, right. one on a phone, like, just randomly saying, pay your taxes. Like, right. <laughs> Such a bad like spoof of of a job is so fun. I was dying laughing. He also mentions that you know he's ready for the battle royal that he's in. It. It's even an add on that he'll get to throw out Razor. So kind of good good on there as well too. Like hey, I'm gonna win the title and I get to throw out Razor. So it kind of builds up that a little bit. Do, um, do you think uh, Do you think Vince made that look run down on purpose to like, as like a shot at the IRS? Like like this is what your workers they, go through. What they yeah, look like I mean and, definitely. Uh, yeah. De- uh, you know, he definitely did that somehow, you know, of definitely making it like these I, and the whole character, right? Everything about it is about, you know, one, getting heat. I definitely think they found that way that, oh, man, this is a pretty good way to get heat. But it's mm-hmm. definitely a way to shit on the government. Exactly. So, so um, from there, we get the Quebecers, um, you know, versus so far Barry Horowitz, which is kind of weird. Like Barry Horowitz comes out and Bobby is like questioning Barry Horowitz. Um and he, he doesn't have his tag team partner, so he's asking for a substitution. And, and Johnny Polo is like, well, you know, it depends on who it is. And um, Horowitz says it's the one, two, three kid. And, like, the Quebecers laugh and they accept the match. Um, and I thought this was fun to start with. Like, I thought that they had, like, the good double team work from the Quebecers as usual. 
Um, then like Jacques like falls to the outside. This, this spot was awesome. So like Jacques falls to the outside and Polo's like trying to revive him on the floor, which is awesome. Yep. And like they bring the stretcher out. So like they're hoping for a count out because like the underdogs have them on the ropes. Like Horowitz and Kid are like fighting all over. Um, you know, they're bringing it to him. So like they're hoping to get this like count out win, like a cheap win. Like Jacques didn't fall that hard. He's just kind of like playing it off. And um, Fink like says like the mass much continues. So it's just Pierre in the match, and Kid hits this like insiguri, and he like misses a spin kick and flips outside of the ring. This nasty spot, like like he's flying at Pierre, and Pierre just ducks and he flips over the top rope. So Kid is like the he's like a like a cruiserweight cactus jack with like these bumps that he's taking. Like he's just flying all over the place. Um, so then like you know Polo rolls Kid inside, and and Pierre covers him like. The crowd's like shitting on it, like, you know, Polo helped Pierre get the cover, or else he wouldn't have been able to cover him. Um, the, the Quebecers, you know, keep their, their titles in a, I thought it was a pretty fun match with like the two plucky underdog guys that, you know, like you said, Horowitz has been kind of close with Tatanka and, and, you know, we've seen Kid do it before. So, um, I thought this was a fun little, little tag match. Kid will find like a better partner coming up in a little while, but, um, just to kind of get that seed planted, I thought this was cool. Yeah, I mean, well, it's supposed to be Bruno Riggins. They said he's out six, so he's going to bring out a partner. I, I was like, I didn't actually know who it was going to be, so I was like kind of waiting on my eyes, like, who's this going to be? I thought they were going to bring like another jobber or like Undertaker, someone like really good. Right. And so <laughs> I was like, the one, two, three kid, I'm like, well, that's so random. Like, why is he out here? But he's a guy that can give you a good match. So it's a fun little match. I was kind of shocked the Quebecers just kind of won clean. I thought they maybe like, they should have like a count out. I felt like, um, I don't know, something else or, you know, have this, I, I guess the Sanders on the Browns, they have, have the Sanders come out or something, but it was just kind of like, kind of, the match was fun and obviously Kid is good, Barry Horowitz is good, and Pierre pulls his weight. I mean, this guy is definitely having really good matches, um, mm-hmm. you know, that he has to do again solo, um, but I, I kind of just got a disappointing ending, especially at like the end of a Raw that didn't have a lot going on to it, kind of a kind of a little letdown. Uh, I don't I don't know what they could have done, I'd have to like rethink that, but you know, it's kind of uh, kind of just kind of random for for both of it. Like, why is Kid and Barry Horowitz fighting here? I get like they're trying to put over this the sleaziness of the Quebecers, right? That they don't fight the Steiners, they try faking out of the injury. Like, I get they're putting over the sleaziness, but like for a main event of Raw, it kind of feels like a little letdown. Right, yeah, that, that's true. I I can agree with that. Yeah. Um. So that's that's and that's the end. So obviously, at the end they also bring up you know, hey, we got next week, we got the big. Uh, the 20 man over the top rope battle Royal. So, uh, right. that's coming up next week. So pretty, uh, pretty fun, uh, match coming up there. I don't know if you have anything else to add. Oh, that's it. All right. Do you want to do a couple plugs before we go to the last superstars? Yep. So just want to give a, a shout out again to Tim and Marcus over at the final wrestling place. And, uh, they also do viewers choice here on our feed, following any like pay-per-views or any events. Um, and you know what that means? Like I've said, like that's my grass cutting podcast. Like, one reason, like, they're, they're good for something like that, too, is, like, their audio is really high, too. So it's, like, uh, like they come in really good. I don't know what kind of mics they're using or what, but kudos to them on that. Then uh, one other one I want to highlight is brand new one on, on the feed, and that's uh, Seven Months of Danger, which um, they're covering, like, the, the period from, like, late 91 into almost mid-92 of the Dangerous Alliance in WCW, which is awesome, awesome TV, like, you know, Rick Rude, Steve Austin, Eaton, Tabisco, Arn, like, Paulie, that whole faction 
um, that run of WCW is such good stuff that, you know, I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear the whole origin story of that because I've seen, you know, good chunks of it, but not in completion. So that's uh, something to look forward to on the feed as we go. And, of course, we've got, you know, ECW, Monday Night Wars, Ruthless Aggression, uh, you know, current day stuff. So everything you can really ask for on the feed. Yeah, clotheslines and headlines uh, every other Friday with uh, Ryan Gregg. Always great to see. Jenny Position every Wednesday. Um, yeah, I, I just started listening to that, the Halloween Havoc one for, mm-hmm. uh, for um, you know, the kind of uh, – I would have thought Dangerous Alliance was on for longer than that. Like, it's kind of crazy when I, like, read the, the recap of them. Like, that can't be right. Right. Uh, I thought that was, like, years of stuff, but it's kind of crazy it's that short. So um, a cool new podcast that will – you know, kind of like a started down point pretty quickly, but there's a lot of good stuff in there, so it'll be uh, fun to listen to that one uh, as well. And then, you know, rate, listen, review, give us feedback. We're glad to have better audio this week, and we had a little fuzziness last time, but we're we're back at full strength this week, so excited to be back and appreciate all the feedback. Yes, sir. Let's, let's move on to the last superstar. So this is still on that August taping, um, the August 31st taping, but this is now we're in October, so we're kind of moving along pretty well. Interesting right. too, like I don't think I haven't heard the word Survivor Series yet. Have you like any no. like so kind of waiting that's maybe it must be the next time that really comes to the Survivor Series. But this is October second, uh ninety three superstars. We get uh wrestling challenge showing the highlights. You know, we talked last time about how King was so so proud to have the support gesture, Doink and in for uh, in his in the King's courts, of course Doink. Throw some water on Jerry the King Lawler if he kind of makes fun of him and blames him for the Brett, you know, debacle. Uh, this is a doink face turn. Vince loves it, laughs so much when they show Lawler back in the thing. Majo is enjoying it too. This all seems like it's just so Vince could get some jokes. Uh, it's so disappointing. R.I.P. Doink. Uh, nothing to add. Well, yeah, he says Doink, like, Lawler tells Doink that, you know, he's his court jester and he needs to take orders. So yep. Doink is like, well, I'll have a quarter pounder. And he's like, no, wait, that's the wrong uh, company. I'll have a Whopper and a large fry. And when this keeps going, then he, like, dumps a bucket on Lawler, which kind of weird that they don't, like, attack Doink after he does that shit. Like, he just, like, yep. you know, he gets away with it. Um, And like you said, RIP Doink. It sucks that this Doink is leaving because – I would have liked to have seen Matt Bourne play the face doink as well, just to see if he can get mileage out of it like he did with the right. heel doink. Like, like this character should have been dead in the water from the very beginning. But, you know, and everybody shits on the character. But this iteration of the character was so good that, you know, it's it, I, I it's like that new – I don't know if you've seen that, that new generation set that just came out, like this, like that uh, action figure set and doink well, is part well, of it. I haven't seen it right. The head shrinkers, right? That's the one. That's the same one. No, that, that well, one. there's like a ring. Like there's a whole arena that they sold with like oh, Diesel, okay. Doink, Macho Man, and like this whole uh, setup and everything. And Doink just looks phenomenal. Just like makes me think about this era of Doink. Um, but yeah, it, like I would have liked to have seen a, a full out Doink Lawler feud too that we were supposed to get, but um, things happen with that as well. Uh, but it's also weird there. that. But it's also weird, like Lawler's busy with. Brett, like, why is yeah. he, why is he dealing with this? And right. the problem I have with the jokes too are just that you know Vince like wrote these and said these are going to be yes. this. like because he's just yeah. loving them all. I just it's so annoying. 
Well, so. I think that's the gift and the curse of Waller too, is that Waller yeah. is so good at making stupid shit work, like like with the stupid uh Elvis stuff and with all the things right. like that. Like he makes that stuff work, like he makes it credible at least, or at least entertaining that he keeps getting fed that same, you know, Burger King crap and, you know, all the celebrity which is, stuff. Which is okay. Like it's okay. But you just I just feel Vince is like footprints all over it like that's my kind of issue with it and he's just loving it so just like it's just frustrating exactly i'm with you on that so um from there we get the steiners versus a couple jobbers uh this is a little bit of a longer squash like it was kind of boring actually um and also just they've kind of like lost a little momentum since losing the belts and you kind of know what's coming up with them so um just a little weird here just not not really the best squash match but you know they, they go over obviously then uh we get Ludwig Borga in a, in a squash, and he gets busted open in this match somehow. Like, I don't know what happened, but his head... I watched head it twice and couldn't find it. Right, yeah, I, I rewound it. I'm like, because at the end, though, like, I see his head busted open in the front, and I'm like, well, that's weird. You know, they kept that in, and I, I couldn't see anything that, that would have gotten it, but, um, yeah, and he... Vince, he, even uh, men- Vince, Vince even mentions it. Vince goes, oh, he's, he's bleeding. Like, so right. it's really weird for this time period. That don't Just don't edit it out. Just like, yep. Leave it in. Exactly. And then uh, we get a uh, face-to-face again with Joe Fowler, which is, you know, our guy. He um, plugs radio WWS as if it's, like, this new technology, like like the radio. Like, like we're in TV era now, but he's plugging, like, you know, like, I know you guys love seeing these matches and everything, but wouldn't you rather hear it instead, like, you know, instead of seeing it? This is very weird that they're trying to make radio WWS the thing. Yeah. Um and him as the is the pitch guy just makes it even worse. So then we get like Yoko and Taker, which which I'm loving. I I, I love this feud. I don't know. I don't, like these two is just a, a cool matchup to me. Um and then like Cornette tells, you know, take Cornette has like a good line where he tells Undertaker, you know, you don't feel pain Yoko doesn't feel fear. So kind of like this like the you know, immovable objects means the irresistible force or whatever kind of thing. Um two, you know, giants that uh, it, it gives Undertaker at least like a, a credible opponent. So this like giant Gonzalez crap, this Kamala stuff, all that. Like, yep. He's going for the world title instead. So giving him something he can sink his teeth into. So um, cool, cool program building between those two. Yeah, I do like that. Uh, what was I going to had? Oh, on the center's match, they did a flying bulldog off the top rope, which I don't remember them kind of doing. I think maybe they did it once early on, but it was kind of a cool different ending versus the Frankensteiner. Um, and then, yeah, busted wide open. I tried, I tried, I tried watching the, I went, I actually twice. I couldn't find it. He was headbutting him. So he must've just kind of caught himself the wrong way on the, on the, right. on one of the headbutts. He just kind of bled, bled himself up. It was just weird. They like kept it in and kept talking about it. Like Vince definitely mentioned it two or three times. So, all right. Uh, then we got IRS, uh, standard IRS. He comes out, you know, in a massive, massive booze. And then, uh, I'm going to move on to that. I don't know if you had anything to add on no, before no. Bam Bam. We, we get Bam Bam out. So we just saw him in a squash, right? Kind of looked pretty strong. And then this, uh, this is bad. So Bam Bam, for some reason, is like lollygagging back to the back, which they like never show. So it's you know a sign that something's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And then Doink comes out for his match. And he kind of does his bucket joke with, I have water in it or I have confetti. I'm going to throw it on you. Finally dumps it on uh, Confetti and Bam Bam. Bam Bam kind of just, like, leaves, but Luna 
doesn't like it. She attacks him, and Dunk, Doink goes for the big dump of water on Luna. The crowd actually loves this. I'll give it. That's okay, right? Like it's it's kind of a kind of a you know funny thing to they're kind of treating Luna not as like I don't say the real person, but you know kind of as trash. So I, I get that. Right. It's kind of cool there. Uh, so Bam Bam chases Luna or Doink all around the ring. I don't even know. He doesn't even have his match. Like I don't remember if his opponent's in the ring or not. But then, uh, you know, Doink attacks. They kind of get back to the aisle, and again, Doink attacks Bam Bam again. So it's clearly setting up this this Doink-Bam Bam feud. Bam Bam kind of looks like a fool, like, chasing around Doink. Uh, I get it because he's shooting for his main squeeze, so, like, it makes sense, but he just looks kind of like a bumbling fool and kind mm-hmm. of, you know, definitely going to take some step back for this. And it just feels cartoony, and, of course, Vince loves this. Uh the crowd liked a lot of it, but I just put it in my notes. Vince is loving this more than anything. Well, like the the spot where like he puts the wire up, you don't see him put a wire up, and Vince has yeah. to like say it, and yeah. then Bam Bam trips over it. it. Right. Gets, well, he so Doink trips Bam Bam. Bam Bam gets close to him again afterwards and doesn't do anything to him. Like, why isn't he beating the shit out of him right there? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then right, and like yeah. he when he dumps on the stuff to Bam Bam, he like tells him, "Oh, you got one more chance to ever do that. Like, why aren't you doing it now?" So it yeah. makes Bam Bam look kind of weak, too, and I, that's the part I really hate is, like, you know, like, the, I think this is the idea that, that Vince had for Doink the whole time. Like, he didn't want him heal. Like, he wanted this cartoon crap, and it, it just sucks. Like, I I don't know. I, I wish they didn't do this. Like, you know, this is what gave other companies material to, like, shit on them for having Doink right. was doing stuff like this, so. Kind of weird, you know. I get, and, and Vince is gonna, you know, put his hands on stuff that was once good. Like, look at, you know, Papa Shango having Ultimate Warrior spit up black shit out of his mouth. You know, like it's it's gonna happen. So I guess she's got to make out of it what it what it will be. But there is a little part in here where Vince asks Savage about Crush, and like Savage is just saying he wants him to air it out. So yeah, kind of continuing that as well, um, which is always good because I'm I'm liking that feud. Um, after those, uh, shenanigans, we're going to get, uh, Marty, jo- Marty Janetti versus Jobber, which is actually, uh, Al Snow. Like they call it, he goes by Steve, Steve Moore here, but that's Al Snow. And oh, he's actually, he yeah, he, he's been around. Like, it's weird that Al Snow has been wrestling since like the mid eighties. So he's, he's been in, like, around a while. So I think that's why Marty lets him get some offense in too, because he even gets like a, like he lets him backbreaker him, he gets some offense in. Like it's it's weird. Like you know the the these couple of jobber matches that we've seen have actually gotten more offense than usual, and I think it's because some of the guys have been around a while and they want to give him like a spot to shine a little bit to maybe get a job. But the finish comes with um, uh, Marty Janetti hitting the rocker dropper, and Lawler says like under his breath, like hey, that's an illegal move, which was hilarious because yes. if you know like the yeah, the backstory behind that. So just like the random things that like you know people they like they'll say that if you know you know if you don't it's whatever and it doesn't get harped on. That's the genius behind it. Is you don't like stay focused on it. So good stuff there. But it's um, like silly because like a guy's like paralyzed and they that's lost the part. Like, and they lost twenty like twenty million dollars. Like it's that's, it's also amazing like like not only right. just to like joke about it, it's like not like they won the case they like lost right. a ton of money. And this guy's paralyzed. Like, it's, like, not really the funny topic. That's the part that that 
sucked is like if you know like why it's like maybe it wasn't well known that the guy's paralyzed you know like i don't know yeah i don't, yeah. Do I don't think it time? was yeah I, i'm sure it wasn't like the i'm sure it was the magazines like you know the other like you know pwi and stuff but yeah. wwe made no mention of it i don't know if that match actually you know made tv at all so I, I can I can see like it's an inside thing, but like it's not a funny thing. Like it costs up a lot of money and credibility. Like well, you you know what was said too at that. Like they've said like a lot of the boys stuck up for Marty when saying like you know that guy took it completely wrong. So maybe Lawler's yeah. just being like a prick and like could be you know, yeah shitting out shitting on a guy like you know he had no business, which sucks if that's what he's doing. That is true, but yeah, I just I just cannot believe like the. You know, between Heaton, you know, shitting on the the couple proposing, and then Waller like throwing this line out. Different time. Like, yeah, I'm just like, holy shit! Like, I just did not see that coming because, like, again, if you know, you know why he said that. Like, it's not just a, a flippant comment. There's a reason why he said it. So, yeah, it was it was weird for that to come out of nowhere at the end. Um, which was, and it's also weird that he did the move. Like, I I don't know why. Like, I thought he was banned from doing that move anymore, but. Um, I don't know if because Al Snow's like more tenured, like they let him do it with him. For it. Yeah, maybe they had appeal for the case or something, and they just were like, "Yeah, let's just go do it, and we'll see." So I don't know. Yeah, and then uh, from there we get the Heavenly Bodies versus a couple jobbers. So we get Cornette in his like purple and pink suit, which is awesome. Um, Gigolo. Yeah, and this, so that was awesome seeing them. I like, and then also Reno Riggins has like some awesome green and black tights with like dice on them in this match. So. Kudos to the the jobbers second, stepping up their tights game on this one. Um, bodies look pretty good in here. They get the, the assisting moonsault for the win, which looked real crisp. So good stuff from them, um, as usual. And then if you just want me to finish it off with this face-to-face. Yeah, finish it off, yep. Um, we got the Quebecers here. Um, they sing their own theme music, which is pretty awesome. Pierre starts speaking French. So, like, like the little, you know, fuck you Americans, kind of I can speak two languages thing that, you know, a lot yep. of people do was awesome. Um, Razor comes in to talk about IRS, which is, you know, the typical, you know, I'm hyping up that fight. And then Fowler ends it with, like, right here on the WWF. So instead of in the WWF, we got on the WWF, and this guy just continues to be trash. And that ends our episode. Yep. Nothing nothing I got to add. Another kind of bland superstars. Exactly. A lot of happening. So disappointing to see recently. They've kind of Switch. Hopefully, I know there's at least a couple more angles coming up, so hopefully they just kind of flip it soon. Right. Um, obviously, like they haven't set anything up for Survivor Series. So those, I know a couple angles coming up, so it's just gonna come out soon. We just, for whatever reason, the way these got taped, just they they weren't ready for something, or they weren't ready to like lay out their cards or whatever it is. Just like pretty yeah. much squash matches all along. So. Yeah, it's weird. It's it's because a lot of things change here in a, in a yeah. month. A lot of right. things Right, and even change, so. and even this one, like I mean, this one's taped before Sean's suspended, so I get it. Like they they did that Sean perfect angle, or you know, Sean one two three perfect angle, and then nothing kind of is ever going to come of it. So exactly. I get it. They kind of get screwed, but I mean, we hear this on Wrestling Warzone all the time. It's like, man, WWE these taping sessions just kill them. Like it kills their momentum. They can't change anything on the fly. It's so in the can. And it feels dated already. All right, let's move on to awards, though, uh, for the for this time. Uh, most new gen outfits. So uh, I just mentioned them. That's that's kind of why I took the note on. I'm gonna go with Reno Riggins. I like that that green and black with the the dice all over his tight. So Jobbers having like a colorful tight was kind of cool. So I'm gonna go with him. 
Yeah, Barry, and Barry Horowitz also also did as well. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, who is who is good? I don't want to go Joe Fowler. Definitely not Jimmy Snuka. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I'll go Heavenly Bodies. They just look good. I, I'd be actually. Nice. Cause I, I was shocked they were still around. Uh, I thought they were gone at this point. Like I thought they kind of did the SummerSlam and then were kind of gone. So it was kind of shocking to see them. So I wonder if how much they'll be around. Uh, most new gen performer. Uh, I'm, I'm in ring. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the one two three kid. Just saying. Yeah, that's good. He still he still stands out. So I'm gonna go with him. Uh, Ludwig Borga, always Borga Mania. Nice. Uh, the worst yeah. match or segments. Uh, Snuka's match. His that match was pretty damn boring. So I'm gonna go with him. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna same. I'm gonna go with Joe Fowler just because. <laughs> there you like go. That. Yeah. But Snuka's, Snuka's match was up there, and then the, the, some of the face doing stuff. It wasn't terrible, but you just you just knew it was over. Uh, best match or segment, just really not a lot here. Yeah, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go to Tonka Martell. Okay. Who you got? Uh, I was trying to think. I'm going to go Borga. It is uh, his promo. I know it's oh, a nice. lot like, I like this promo. I thought Brett's promo was pretty good too. Uh, but I think Borga is just is building yeah, him up Borg. as a guy. Have we seen Luger like since he's lost? No. Like, but no. so it's pretty much being carried by Borga. But I think he's building up that to be like a real feud. So I'm gonna give him a lot of credit for that. That's awesome. Uh, stock up. So I mean, to continue from that, it's definitely Luger Borga. Like he's like like I like I said you know earlier in the show. Like I'm I never thought his personality and his character would be something that. I'm look forward to it, but that, that's that's it. Like I'm, I'm gonna go with him. I'm gonna go uh, Quebecers. I thought they they were in this a bunch. They kind of getting over their characters. I really kind of like them, so I'm gonna go with them with stock up. They've they've been strong all along, but I really like this. Uh, stock down. Stock down is a little harder because it's not like I guess I'm gonna go because he's not like involved as much as I would have thought. I'm gonna go with Mr. Perfect because. The crowd kind of shit on him in his match. He's just kind of playing like second fiddle to the one, two, three kid who's kind of seen as a yep. jobber right now. So his like character, he's, yeah, I'm, he's pretty Yep. You know, so I'm gonna go with him. I'm gonna go with Bam Bam. I just he's been a guy that we've been pretty strong on, and then to kind right, of have that, that joint thing sucks. That yeah. joint thing, yeah. You just know where it's going, so it's like, oh, poor Bam Bam. Exactly. So, I'm going to go with that. So we'll continue on our, our train. Hopefully we get started in some Survivor Series. It's kind of shocking they haven't mentioned anything. It's, you know, now we're on the to- October 2nd, and it's under two months away, and not a single promo or anything on it. So right. we should have some good build up. It's a pay-per-view I remember I was so pumped about in 1983. So we'll see how it um, how it comes apart. But there's a lot of big angles coming out of that that we'll have to, to get into. So we'll be fun. We'll do two, two more Raws next time, including the Battle Royal and the, the new champion for the title, and then uh, two superstars. So... Thanks, everyone, uh, for all the feedback, and we'll see you soon. All right.